0: Good afternoon, I'm your host Jimmy Kim and you're watching the greatest show on the planet, The Jimmy Kim Show. To the audience out there today, thank you so much for tuning in. We have a very exciting episode today. I'm interviewing Fort Bend County Precinct 1 top constable, Chad Norvell. So Chad, go ahead and take the mic and we're gonna go ahead and start with some background about yourself.
1: Good morning, Jim, thank you for having me. Um, I'm from a native of the Houston area. I've been here all my life, uh, living in Katy now for 28 years, I believe, so uh, for the last half or more, I've been out in Katy. Uh, I grew up uh, right here in this area, in Aleaf. I went to Aleaf Hastings High School and uh, very proud. A lot of my friends went to Aleaf ISD, i found, and I've been surprised of the migration out to my Katy area, uh, how many in my neighborhood are also from, from Aleaf. So uh, a lot of Leaf pride and you know, going back to our roots. Um, I've been elected constable since January 1st of this year, the uh, last 28, 29 years uh, have been in law enforcement all in Fort Bend County. Uh, after high school, I went into, uh, served in the Marine Corps, and then went into law enforcement after that. Uh, many in law enforcement have that military background, and with law enforcement being you know, paramilitary-type structure uh, with the, the chain of commands and the organization and the same type of rules and uniform, uh, it's a... It's a transition for for many in law enforcement. And, right. and, and that
0: certainly helps you prepare,
1: right? It, it certainly does. And I know when I have applicants that have that military background, it's rarely will you have to, you know, critique that applicant or that employee on their uniform or or how to act or with his you know with his own chain of command or his supervisors. They they learned all that in the military. So those It's uh, they they fit well into law enforcement, right? It's an easier transition, and plus they have
0: an edge over the applicants that don't have any.
1: It it is. It's difficult for someone that just you know grew up at home with mom and dad, and then went to college, and then going to law enforcement. It is uh, something they have to learn. But again, it's uh, I would say maybe ten twenty percent of law enforcement have that military background. So, but it's it's beneficial, but it definitely gives them an edge over those that just took the traditional path of, of growing up and. Going through education,
0: right? But you certainly help prepare yeah. those without military experience, so they're capable.
1: Absolutely, they're going to learn. They're going to learn that, right? They're going to learn that in the police academy, and right? Okay, so they uh, get it no matter what, right? <laughs> right? And you know, we're relying uh, with my office or or many of the smaller agencies rely on uh, officers or applicants that receive hold on,
0: hold on, that. Hey, Tariq? Tarek, I can't hear the mic now. Well, can you yeah. double check to make sure that the mic's
1: okay? Yeah, go ahead. But, yes. Uh, you know they're going to learn that in the police academy, and you know only the larger agencies, Houston PD, Harris County SO, you know have their own police academy. Uh, Fort Bend has a great one at Gus George Academy, but uh, many times the applicant goes there on their own, and then once they're certified or trained, is when they would come to an agency like mine, a smaller agency. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's a, that's the normal route. Is we're looking for okay. we're looking for experienced, you know, applicants, you know, that to hire.
0: Okay. Yeah, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that experience is right. priceless. Can, right. and a small report. agency.
1: You know, I have sixty employees versus uh, HPD that has five thousand or whatever number they have. It's it's a definitely a different uh, path for those employees that that choose to work at a smaller law enforcement agency. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Tell us about your your education and mm-hmm. then also your career in the military as well as a right. Marine Corps veteran. Right.
1: Um, I served in the, in the Marines. I was in infantry, as, as many are in, in the Marine Corps. Uh, they also say you're a rifleman first. And I later obtained a degree from Mountain State University in organizational leadership. And uh, while a college education isn't, benef- or isn't required for most in law enforcement, it's certainly recommended for those that you know, want to climb the ladder and, and go higher. And that's why I received my degree later in life, uh, not initially, just for that reason, I saw that it was going to be needed to to get to the higher levels and and it, and it certainly is beneficial as well. Um, law enforcement's a continuing education process that officers are required to you know obtain specialized training you know every year, but many will also find that path of what you know certain little niche, niches of of what they enjoy to do. Uh, For example, for a long time I taught uh, child passenger safety around 20 different states around the country. I taught in Heidelberg, Germany, Aviano, Italy, um, traveling there with USAA to help teach people how to secure their occupants in vehicles. And that's, uh, you know, many would go into crass investigation or all the different little specializations within law enforcement. And that's, uh, it helps that continuing education and a a very well-trained officer by doing that.
0: Yeah, and that's really important, yeah. how, how individuals are secured in a vehicle, especially yeah, when there's it, an It accident. is, it is. You, that's, can, you can die if you're oh not. Oh yeah, so
1: many young children die by being improperly secured right. or unsecured at all, and that's, unfortunately, I've seen the result of that many times, and it's, it's always hard to see, and uh, especially as a parent myself, it's, it's, it's very difficult to see and for the officers and, of course, the family. So, long story short, remember to wear your seatbelt. <laughs> right. It's life or
0: death. Right, yeah, it does no make job. a difference. Right, Absolutely. Right. So you have two kids? Two boys. Boy, boys, right. or, oh, boys. Boys, yeah,
1: 19 and 24. Okay. Um, I'm surprised one, I haven't met them before. Yeah. But I'm sure they're good right. kids, Chad. Right. <laughs> one's a senior. <laughs> that at that military and police yeah. discipline. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, one's a senior at U of H, and the other oh, one nice. hasn't uh, chosen a college path or you know, anything permanent yet. So okay. we're okay. helping them along that without forcing it. Okay. So they'll yeah. get there.
0: Do you think that they'll pursue a core, uh, career in the military or law enforcement? I don't believe so. Okay, As it's, uh, want, want it's not for everybody. And, Absolutely
1: not. Um, yeah. I always enjoyed uh, helping people. I enjoyed not being in an office. Uh, so that's, I think that's why law enforcement's worked well for me. And that's and for most, someone that wants that, you don't want to say adventure, but it's better than you know looking at a window every day, and uh, you're able to get out and help people and actually make an impact. And that's that's why most that go into law enforcement choose that route
0: right okay yeah it, it, definitely hard to impose that on anybody right uh, you against their will force it right it, yeah.
1: it, you got to have the personality and, and the desire to do something like this
0: right same thing with the military
1: right yeah. right
0: so initially why did you decide to first of all serve in the the marines and then why did you yeah. decide to become a police officer as well
1: well i think um both answers probably go together right it's uh I recognized in myself at a young age that I, I needed to grow up and needed uh, some guidance. I didn't know what I wanted to do initially, and that's why I, ch- I chose the military. Um, I already had friends that had gone in, and I think that having the, the peers that that join, you know, prior or at the same time certainly helps many uh, choose that, and that is is with me as well. A uh, friend that went to the Marines, uh, he ended up staying in as a career for almost 30 years. Um, I didn't do that but uh, after that going into law enforcement um, I wanted as I said uh, something different want to be able to get out and help people um, serve my community or continue serving and, uh, and that's the path I chose. Okay. Mm-hmm. So
0: that atmosphere had a tremendous impact on you which, right yeah it, a lot of did. people may not realize that yeah. right Those friends you hang out with right it changed the course of your, your, your life well I your always
1: tell my kids uh, you are who your friends are absolutely which yeah. is when you hear when you have the bad friends, <laughs> then you're going to end up in that bad circle as well, so choosing good friends and then ones that uh, make the right decisions is certainly influences and can affect everyone within that group of friends within that circle. It's oh, important yes. to have the right ones
0: yeah, I feel like uh, at times it's a bit people underestimate that that power
1: right yeah it's, but uh, they have they have more influence than parents usually right by having what your friends are, especially when they get to be seventeen eighteen nineteen and you know, they suddenly believe they know more than you, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> they're listening to those very wise friends they have uh, to make their decisions. That's, that's some, very profound. Right. Sometimes yeah. they aren't the right ones, but they're learning, and we all did it, and we all get there. Uh, we all make bad decisions along the way, I'm sure, but uh, hopefully right. it ends up working well for people.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I can certainly admit I have, but I learned. Right. Like, I don't, I've I from, or I try my best to make the mm-hmm. same mistake over and over right. again. So yeah, even on the show, if I mm-hmm. make a mistake, I, I watch it. Right. I say, hey, I should not make that mistake again, mm-hmm. and improve.
1: Right. Well, my uh, my law enforcement career I began at Stafford Police Department back in 1993, um, many moons ago. Uh, Stafford was a very small community, um, and again, as we were just talking about friends, uh, a very close friend and my next door neighbor at the time, uh, William Ferguson, that you may know. Oh, yeah, um, I know William. Yeah. Right. So, you're my, childhood friends. Right. He was oh, my next door neighbor growing up. So very nice. He was already at Stafford and, of course, influenced me to go there. <laughs> oh, he was a police officer? He was. I was not right. aware of that. For for six, I know he was a city councilman. 16 member. years, right, at Stafford. Oh, okay. William stayed at Stafford all that time for 16 years. And we ended up working on the same shift for the time I was there. Um, I left there and went to Sugarland Police after being at Stafford it was a good department, good people, good community, but it was very small. Um that at the time back then, there was sometimes be only two, maybe three of us you know working a given shift, so I was hoping for more opportunity, more growth, and I went to sugarland police uh which uh is a very good department, probably one of the better ones in Fortman County, if not the best um You receive a lot of training uh they obviously have a, a lot of good funding there for the police department, and they spend yes. it on them so it's a very professional organization always has been. Lots of good people there at, at, at Sugarland. Um, after I left there to join uh, Troy Nells when he was elected constable, and I served as his chief deputy for eight years uh, before going with him to the sheriff's office when he became sheriff. So we, we did two terms there, and then we did two terms at the sheriff's office uh, as I was a major over patrol and enforcement uh, investigations, and left there as chief deputy, and then before getting elected. Uh, last year taking office this year on january 1st
0: yes very yeah congratulations right, to you but right. by the way that. i didn't have a chance to yeah. to tell you that
1: right so my area now precinct one um the recent redistricting we were renumbered rebranded if you will uh, used to be precinct three for the Katy area but uh, my area is now Katy, Fulshire, simonton orchard uh, kind of the from the northern tip of fort bend with Katy all the way down to you know the border with east bernard you know, on that uh, far southwest side. Uh, it's a great area, Very, you know, lots of great communities and communities that I've lived in for, for a long time. Um, both my kids went all the way through KDISD. I volunteered frequently on many committees for schools, for the district, bond committees, etc. Uh, so was able to get to know a lot of people in the community and uh, support the district and support the schools and now serve that same community in a different capacity.
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. The fact that you've been there you've lived there so you understand the community and where you're serving and you know a lot of the constituents it it is and it's important
1: and i for example i can sit here and name you know a dozen principals of different schools um from either working through the sheriff's office or through my kids and where principals may have started in elementary school then became principal of a high school for example and so the principals move around and it's important to know those uh principals and the teachers uh that are serving our community because they know the kids. And right. sometimes if you're looking for a certain kid or there's kids that take that wrong path and teachers and principals, uh, the school district police, they all are a great connection to have. And unfortunately we all work great together.
0: Yeah, I think that, that definitely makes the community better better it as is. a whole when all those different institutions, when they right. have a, that relationship, even right. actually it's a personal relationship. Right,
1: it is. Yeah, because sometimes
0: is. out in the bigger cities, mm-hmm. I don't see that happening as often. I know they're well, trying to improve, for example, like in Harris County, because it's such a mega, it's, mega. It's so big.
1: It's, it's difficult. It's, it's enormous. Right. Yeah. right. It, it's so difficult. I, I can't imagine for Sheriff Gonzalez, you know, the, how he would, right. to expect that for him to know a principal in, in Channel View and then in Katy, where, you know, Harris County right. you know, stretches to. That's does. just it's an hour and a half drive on the best day. Yeah. So it's a it's a serving. With little, a, little traffic. <laughs> right. He's serving, you know, serving a very large community. So it's, I'm very much enjoy serving the smaller communities, where I get to know the people, get to know the communities, the homeowner associations, the schools, uh, and then the the smaller departments, you know, like the school district police, and and we're fortunate to have good ones in, in Fort Bend with, you know, Fort Bend ISD or Lamar ISD and Katy ISD, you know, police departments there. We all work very well together.
0: Together in sync, right? Yeah, that's definitely like I said. That's one of the things I like most about Fort Bend County. It has that right. small town feel where everybody right. everybody knows each
1: other. It does. Yeah. It does feel like that. And you can walk in most places and or many places yeah. and see people you know. And that I would imagine that would be hard in a, in a, serving in a very large city.
0: Yeah. You walk into the coffee store, you get free coffee because they know who you are. They know who <laughs> Constable Chad Norvell <laughs> right. is. <You> know, <laughs> you know,
1: those that know me know. Every Friday, I'm at Snappy's in Katy and Katie and. You know, you walk in, and I'll know a dozen people in there. But nice. I go there every Friday with a group of friends and have breakfast. And right. it's, a, it's a great little community spot. For example, that you walk in and know people.
0: The you mentioned a little bit about uh, law enforcement and then the different branches that you're coordinating, right. coordinating with. Right? Can you can you briefly mm-hmm. describe what the I guess the hierarchical structure is for law enforcement? Because right. I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. I, Obviously, there's city mm-hmm. level. At right. the county level, you have the constable and then the sheriff's office. Then right. you have the Texas DPS at the, at the state level. Right. And then there's federal law enforcement. It, and I, you're well-versed on all that. So if you can just tell, tell the audience in a nutshell those differences and the levels.
1: And that's a great question because I would say many are wondering why is there so many law enforcement agencies driving down the road? You may see uh, Houston Police Department or the sheriff's office or the school district police, metro police. You know, all these are different marked unit agencies that you would see around your community. And it's important to know that they all have you know, equal jurisdiction. Some think if they see a school district cop, that, that you can't write them a ticket, for example. So, you know, a, a city, when you hear the word police, that is generally with a city. Municipal city departments have police departments. Yes. Um, unincorporated, the sheriff serves the unincorporated area. Now, while his the jurisdiction is over the whole county, their primary service area is outside the cities, because cities don't you know, have their own police department. So they're overlapping, in uh, doing the same role. But uh, the sheriff primarily serves the unincorporated area and cities or city police. The constable's office, our primary duties, with the sheriff's primary duty being criminal law enforcement, the constable's primary duty is the civil side of the law. Uh, we have the same authority and jurisdiction and we serve the courts um, my office provides a bailiff to the jp courts in the precinct uh, we serve warrants and we serve all of the civil process that comes out of courts now what is civil process well um, if you get sued we, su- we serve those lawsuits if you don't pay your taxes and you're sued or or you end up losing your home then that's those are the documents we do we we serve and uh, we have to evict people it's a very difficult dangerous part of a a deputy constable's job is doing evictions and it's very hard to do and but we all have to pay our rent pay our mortgage and if you aren't then that uh, resident that owns that home then obviously has a right to reclaim his home so we have to uh, evict those occupants and it's difficult but deputies do it every week and now what clouds it a lot in Harris County is that you have the constable's offices in Harris County. Really, Harris County is its own animal with this, that they do often the same thing as the sheriff's office or the police in the same area. Um, that kind of evolved in Harris County back in the 80s, where uh, the commissioner's court uh, provided more funding to those constable's offices to do more than what they were doing. Um, so, for example, I, I con- my agency through the county contracts with a lot of neighborhood communities, just like they do in Harris County, for supplemental patrol service well supplemental meaning in addition to the, the the primary agency for the area you know here in Fort Bend County is the Sheriff's Office so Cinco Ranch or Firethorn or these other you know big neighborhoods that decide they want to have their own deputy in the neighborhood contract with the county for that service and they pay for 95 percent of that cost so while the deputy serving just a given area like Cinco Ranch I mean, he doesn't patrol all over Fort Bend County he just serves that neighborhood, when he's not there, or even at the same time he's there, the sheriff's office is still there, and the deputy, my deputy, is there to help, you know, patrol the area and uh, cover the same area as the sheriff's office. Um, Texas DPS, going back into what these different agencies do, yes, they cover everything in the state, obviously, and everybody knows the the black and white out there on the highway when you're driving to San Antonio. You're allergic. better slow down. Everyone's watching for that white hood coming at them, right? <laughs> I understand and the cowboy hat, right, and. Uh, so their their primary role is handling uh, really they handle the rural areas of the state. they kind of handle between the cities, but you 'll see, see them' see but yeah. you aren't going to see you know you may see a trooper inside you know middle of the city of Houston or right here or out on Harwin, but it's unusual that they'd be out here doing traffic enforcement you know their Their role is generally you know outside the the urban areas and uh, they they obviously have jurisdiction statewide for everything right um, city police generally have jurisdiction for everything within their city and then only as Texas peace officers for our state license we have authority for only certain crimes outside of our primary jurisdiction so while my primary jurisdiction for example is Fort Bend County so I can or my deputies can write tickets in Fort Bend County and do everything that you know a city police would do inside their city once a Fort Bend deputy for example is driving in Harris County well, he, he can't enforce speeding and trivial traffic-type stuff uh, outside of Fort Bend County. It would have to be think, something like an aggravated robbery or an assault or you know, breach of peace in some way when he's outside of Fort Bend County. He still has jurisdiction you know, throughout the state for that, but not for the, the minor offenses and the, the traffic and things like that. Um, school district police, their primary jurisdiction is their school district. So, you know, HISD, for example, is a, is a huge school district. Yes. So they have a very broad jurisdiction that overlaps multiple counties, probably, uh, multiple city limits. All that's irrelevant to them because their boundaries are the school district itself. So ISD, you know, for example, goes uh, all of, they're, they're in Fort Bend, Waller, and Harris counties. And uh, all the way up to Bear Creek, huge. down to, down to Katy. It's It's a big school district as well. Um, so those, the school district police are very important. And while their primary role is within their schools or on their school campuses, they have authority anywhere in that school district uh, as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good mm-hmm. thing because then they can. have more oversight, not necessarily just at the school.
1: Right. You know, if a the officer is driving between campuses, for example, oh, if he absolutely. sees a, yeah. a reckless act or something yeah. else, they can pull him over and write him tickets, and they often do. Right. But generally, they're going to, you know, keep their focus on their schools, um, protecting schools and protecting the kids.
0: Yeah, that's their primary focus. Everything right. else comes secondary. Right, right. Yeah, cause I feel like that's the big way we can make our community safer, just having that presence. Because right. that, that, then the, the bad people, they'll have second thoughts. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot of constables around here, or right. police officers, or sheriffs. Maybe I shouldn't right. do this.
1: We're fortunate in Fort Bend to have uh, great coverage of law enforcement, I think. Um, some good departments, you know, from my area, you know, we work well with uh, the Sheriff's Office. Uh, we work well with Fulcher Police, uh, great department. Know everybody over there very well. Um, and uh, Katie ICDs, you know, the main ones we work yes. with. But um, we have some very good law enforcement in our area and, uh, and Lamar ISD Police. But work well with them all, work well with their chiefs and their staff. and it's a benefit to the residents uh, oh absolutely by, a, by all yeah. of us having that relationship and working well together yeah mm-hmm.
0: and we also do want to stay our condolences go out to the harris county constable the other night that was killed in action
1: right precinct yeah. five corporal galloway five. and yes. then last night uh, harris county sheriff sergeant
0: uh, oh there's another one
1: was struck okay. and killed uh, while escorting i believe he's escorting heavy equipment so in that was a car accident well, he's a motorcycle officer. Oh, okay. So they the heavy equipment. He was off duty, but still on his police motorcycle and in uniform, uh, right. escorting heavy heavy equipment, which is often done at night yes. just because of traffic. But he was standing next to his motorcycle is what I heard on the news today, and uh, with his lights on, and believe it was a presumed drunk driver that struck him and killed him. So
0: once again, condolences right. go out to their families right. and their their departments. Right, yeah, so we know they're you going know through rough times. You
1: know, and lost that DPS. Uh, trooper of the day before in a, in a bad car crash, so it's been a difficult weekend for law enforcement really right. across the country you know the, yes. the two NYPD officers shot the other night uh, one killed one seriously injured it's uh I'm sure there was probably others, but it's been a difficult weekend for law enforcement right mm-hmm. right we wish for the
0: safety of all the law enforcement officers around the country, yeah. including yourself right. Chad because yeah, I know you're yeah. out there right twenty four seven so a question I have Chad is. I know that I mentioned a little bit earlier, having that presence Mm -hmm. has a big effect on crime in the community. What other ways are these kinds of incidents preventable?
1: Well, one of the uh, most important things we can have is an involved community. Uh, Having people that, uh, residents that are willing to look out their window and call in when they see something. Uh, Law enforcement can't be everywhere. We're not on every block, it can't be. And so when residents see something, you know, you always hear the little of the you know, the cliche you see something, say something. But yes. it, it really does take that. When often crimes are solved because someone is willing to get involved in and, and call law enforcement or make a note or just just making the phone call. That's and, a resident. Right? It a can resident. be anybody. As a resident. Not necessarily a police right. officer. As a resident, there's many that will you'd be surprised at how many emails or Facebook messages or even text of people that will text or send a message of something suspicious they saw at three in the morning right instead of just calling into their local dispatch and mm-hmm. saying hey there's a suspicious vehicle you don't even have to give your name just you can call in anonymously and say hey there's this car going down my street with no lights on it, at three in the morning well that's probably someone that you know should be checked out yes agreed and if people are just willing to make that phone call let law enforcement know get them to the right place uh that, that can help reduce crime uh, tremendously.
0: That's, that's very interesting because I know in Harris County, they have this organization called Crime Stoppers, and we I believe that that's what they right. do. Do you all have that in Fort Bend well, County well, as well? Well,
1: everywhere, nationwide. But oh, that have, group's nationwide? Right, it is. And we have oh. a Fort Bend County Crime Stoppers. Oh, there's great. There's Harris County Crime Stoppers. They're usually yeah. localized. Okay. But yeah. you know, Crime Stoppers is really after the fact when, say, a, a significant crime has occurred. Okay. And then you'll see Crime Stoppers put out a reward Uh, for information leading to the arrest of of a given individual okay so that's you know really after the fact and uh, more importantly it's when when something is happening you know, make that phone call okay uh, yeah we're talking about before right when something's going on at home or something doesn't look right or you see a car following the Amazon truck around well, call in because they're probably following the Amazon driver and stealing packages off the porch for example sometime can be the easiest thing but if it you know, you feel it in your gut, something doesn't look right, then your intuition's probably correct. I agree. And yeah. uh, just make note of it and make a phone call. Okay.
0: Yeah. What is the current state of Fort Bend County and the, the overall state uh, coming from a law enforcement perspective mm-hmm. and also some of the, the, po- the political uh, mm-hmm. perspectives as well, and how that influences mm-hmm. law enforcement and then how that influences the community as a whole. So just your wide range right. view.
1: Well, it, it's hard to look at it with just the county, because what happens in our region affects us, you know, in Fort Bend County. So it's not just Fort Bend County. Okay. The things that happen in Harris County affect us in Fort Bend County as well. Oh, they do. Um, okay. Sure. You know, bad guys don't know county borders. They don't stop. Right. Um, our Sheriff Nell's always joked that we need to build a wall between Fort Bend and Harris County, but uh, make Harris County for pay for it. That was his joke. That's <laughs> and, hilarious. And many isn't? in Harris County probably didn't <laughs> like the joke, but... Uh, many that we arrest in Fort Wayne County are from Harris County oh I didn't know that and I think many are aware of the the situation with uh, felons being given very low bond or PR bonds uh, personal cognizance bond letting out and uh, many of these criminals are repeat offenders right and we have to get serious about keeping people locked up and people have to know that they can make that decision at the ballot box and when they when they see these same judges that are letting people out, they need to vote them out of office. You know, judges are elected, so it's uh, in Fort Bend, you know, there's there's some that provide the low bonds as well. Um, it affects it affects all of us. Um, for, we're not, you know, we haven't had the issue of recruiting uh, my agency. Um, I don't have any vacancies right now. That's good, right? Yeah. So it's not always how much an officer is paid, but how they're treated and the community they serve. So my deputies are fortunate to serve a great community. They appreciate it and they enjoy it. And I treat them with respect and my supervisors treat them with respect. And that's helped us retain good deputies and and then hire new ones through word of mouth by them recruiting their own friends. So probably one of the rare agencies that don't have any vacancies right now. And I don't have trouble filling when I do. Uh, We've applicants we have a stack of applications for when we do have a vacancy
0: how many but, officers or how, what's right. your, your have, department your 60, team how many
1: about 60 employees okay right so you're employees leading up. 60 employees. right okay. right and uh serving just that area the new precinct one right. um uh, the talking about the politician or redistricting is a it's a political process yes so, so people were upset in harris county people were upset in fort Bend because the party in power voted to make it a given way well yes. The Republican Party in power at the state level did the same thing to benefit Republicans. And Redistricting is a political process, and things are are done that we all don't agree with. Uh, The downside to it in Fort Bend is that it's cost about a million dollars because the way the precincts were turned to cause the the rebranding of many agencies, Uh, meaning for me, changing from Precinct 3 to Precinct 1, that means new badges, new patches, new uniforms, vehicle branding uh, letterhead business cards i mean this the m- most the smallest detail of oh, that's a lot of, yeah. you know stamps for the clerical staff in the office i mean everything right. yeah yeah so it adds up and it has added up significantly uh, by, by the changes that were made and i'm sure it's happened the same way in harris county
0: yeah, while it's important but that money could have been spent for on equipment right. or, or it, training it could have been
1: done a different way to where that rebranding didn't occur right. um by forcing Commissioner Myers, for example, down to an area that those people didn't vote for him, or Commissioner Morales wasn't elected by people of Katy, but now he serves Katy because of the way the redistricting process was done. So it affected thousands and thousands in Fort Bend and the same way in Harris County, but it's a, again, I'm not mad because I understand it's a political process. I accept it. It is, it is what it is. It's something that we're required to do every 10 years to Balance the population in those given precincts. Uh, my precinct, for example, is the high growth area of Fort County. So, when over the last ten years, we've all seen—if you've driven out towards Katy—you know how much it's grown. Oh, absolutely! And it, it's yeah. crazy how it's much nine it's day. Grown. Right, it is over ten years. Right. So we had probably 375,000 people just in one precinct when there was only 800,000 in the county. So almost 50% or close to it were just in one precinct. So they do have to balance it and move people around to, to balance out the precincts.
0: Right. And, so, and that's another reason for people to get out and vote. Right. All that kind of trickles up to affecting right. all this redistricting, criminals right. being let out. And so right. you said the same thing is similarly happening in Fort Bay County as is happening in Harris County, is that correct? Right. With the release of criminals on low bonds? Well,
1: probably not as prolific and okay. certainly so hasn't as prolific. Certainly okay. hasn't received the attention it's getting in Harris County. But right. it, it's it's a problem. And okay. Harris County voters need to take note of it and to make the decision if they want more crime right. or if they want a safer community and make that decision with their vote. Right. And uh, they made mistakes in the last couple of elections in Harris County. And that's what's contributing to this significant crime increase out here in Harris County in the Houston area.
0: Yes, and what you're saying is uh, the way to make a difference is to get out and vote. Right. Yeah. We, to elect like the right people in office.
1: Everyone being arrested for a crime is, uh, or not everyone, but I would say a significant percentage, I don't want to be misquoted, but a significant percentage right. are ones that are out on bond for another crime they've already committed. Interesting. And... Mm. Uh, Signific- they're out for a significant crime when yeah. you have people bonding out on capital murder charges and then committing another murder is it's uh, terrible just, it, it is and it's no. and it's happened here in, in Harris County so
0: as well as Fort Bend County
1: right and that yeah. specific one I'm referring to was in Harris County but okay it, it's it's happening and oh my goodness yeah. uh, higher bonds need to be set by these judges uh, pursued right. highest higher bonds need to be pursued by the DA's office to to keep these people locked up and especially when they've shown that pattern of committing crimes uh, against people out here, that's, that's affecting the safety of the community. And law enforcement can only do so much. If law, HPD and Harris County, everyone else is putting these criminals in jail, then judges need to keep them there. And so they, otherwise they're going to have more victims, and that's exactly what we have.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm very happy that you're sharing this information with the audience because not everybody in the audience is in law enforcement, so they don't see right. this on the front lines like, like you do constantly. Right. But when you, when you get that out to the audience, then they're informed and then, hey, they're like, hey, I, I just heard what Constable Chad Norville said. Now I need to go vote to like to have a direct impact on the community and the safety of the community and what's going on.
1: Well, they need to pay attention to not just what we're saying here, but right. just this morning while getting dressed and I had the news on and I saw Houston Police Chief Finner saying that exact same thing on this morning's news, that if you want to reduce crime in your city, then judges need to... You know, we have to get intentional was the phrase he used about we're going to keep these criminals locked up we want them off the street and hpd or whoever else is taking them off the street and they're just being released then that's you're not helping your local law enforcement by doing that and that's where we need the voters to make better choices at the ballot box uh, with with these judges
0: right i'm happy that chief finner, finner right. said that yeah because they sometimes they tend to shy away from the political right. discourse which I understand but he has as to I, I, I agree it's yeah. not
1: his role. he's right. not trying to be political he's right. being factual that it's right. a, it's a direct result of yes. you know who's sitting on that bench
0: right and I'm happy that you're able to state that as well because right. that does directly uh, influ- it influences your job right. your whole department's job the whole community right. everything the, the entire it's, just, community. it's a, it's the a ripple effect. effect
1: it is it's yeah. it's, we all pay the price for that
0: absolutely and yeah and absolutely. criminals should they if they commit any Crime, they need to be there needs to be punishment for that or Absolutely. some kind of recourse for doing that those yeah. bad acts, yeah. right? Next, Chad. so we've talked a lot about local law enforcement. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about just law enforcement in the country as a whole? Especially with this defund the police movement, which I I, I think mm-hmm. it's uh, I think it's terrible considering everything we've just talked about and there's people that want to get rid of the police as a whole I I, I don't understand. Yeah. Well, so, Chad, if you can yeah, explain. Yeah,
1: we're, we're fortunate that's not, certainly not in Fort Bend County. <laughs> right. That hasn't happened. Um, right. I would say my department's you know, well funded. I um, haven't had my budget cut. So, it's not good. You know, locally, we're not affected by that yet. Yeah. Um, future bad decisions at the ballot box could change that. Who knows? But True. what you're seeing around the country in cities that have taken that route is they're recognized the mistake they made. I mean, look, look at Minneapolis and crime's going up. It is. It's mm. going up, and they're they're realizing it was a mistake. Uh, I can't imagine who would want to be an officer in Minneapolis, uh, given the you know, last few years of what they've been through, and then now for that movement to defund their police or reduce the department. Now, defund the police, such a phrase that I, I'm almost hesitant to use it sometimes, but it's it's a reality. And the same, I think Austin has taken that route, and uh, they're they're seeing what happens when you do that. You know, law enforcement is a a necessary part of our community, and most communities in America support their law enforcement. And we're i am fortunate in Fort Bend, I would say all of our communities. I, I don't know of an area in Fort Bend County that I'd be afraid to go to, uh, afraid that I wouldn't be supported or might attend HOA meetings or community meetings. We're always ve- very well received.
0: Good. Even chamber meetings, uh, uh, chamber I quite often meetings, see you right. at, at the chamber. Right. I attend
1: the chamber of commerce meetings. I go right. to homeowner associations. Right. You know, the community meeting. You know, I'm invited to. You know, I yeah. attend. And we, we have a very supportive uh, base here in Fort Wayne County. Uh, some, not every community can say that around the country, but unfortunately, th- yeah. But those communities that are pushing away their police are the the higher crime cities. They see the ramifications. It's, it's proven,
0: okay. right. We'll change that that tagline, Chad, since right. you didn't like it. We'll change well, it to fund the police. Right. How about that? Do you like that? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I just made that up on yeah. the fly. Okay. Yeah. it should <laughs> always
1: fund it. And it's just, uh, you know, here in Fort Bend, I know uh, about 25% of the whole county budget is the Fort Bend Sheriff's Office. Oh, you know, really? 25% in Fort Bend County? The whole Fort oh, Bend yeah. County hey, budget. That's, that's great. And yeah. Better equipment, better training, well, better facilities. The, jail, the jail's yeah. expensive. And that's uh, what the sheriff is tasked with. So it's, right. you know, we're definitely investing here in Fort Bend as we should
0: yeah. Once again, I'm really glad to hear that. So, how do you, how does your department do outreach with the community other than those things that you that you right. mentioned? I know that we talked about briefly before the interview. Mm-hmm. The show started about coffee with cops, right. and just so how the community can create bonds with the police officers, and then they can realize, hey, these are good people. Just right. like this person's just like my next door neighbor right. or my right. best friend, no different, and not necessarily right. what's being portrayed sometimes in the mainstream media.
1: Well, uh, residents want to get involved. They need to. You know, they can organize events. Um, you know, I go to homeowner meetings and uh, things along those lines. But there's some groups uh, out in Jordan Ranch, for example, the west side of Fort Bend. They have a a group a group of retirees that meet every Wednesday, and they invited me to come. Just very informal. We sat around while they were eating their sandwiches they brought, and we all just sat around and talked. There was probably 20 people, and it's a very informal things like that that. I enjoy where we can sit and talk right. and really hear from residents about yes. what their concerns are and, uh, versus the, you know, the larger events. Uh, we haven't done as many of the coffee with a cop type because of COVID. Um, many don't want to get out and engage in the large, large gatherings, but we're, they're slowly coming back and we still hold them at, in the, in the smaller settings. Okay. Uh, the homeowner association meetings are a great, uh, great venue as well. You know, get involved in your community through your homeowner association and, we attend everyone we're invited to. Excellent. Me, myself or You're deputies. You're actively we're, engaged. We're at every one of them. Yeah, it's the, yeah, good. If you invite us, we'll be there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hope that the large gatherings will eventually start to continue because. Right. Uh, my two cents on this topic is uh, we can't live in fear and paranoia for the rest of our lives. Right. I mean, we've already people have been doing that for two years already. Chad, Can right. you it's believe a virus.
1: It? It's not going away. We all know it that there'll be yeah. different variants. There always probably always will be. I'm right. Right. Kind of like the cold, mind. right, or, or the seasonal flu. So right. I mean, I've, I've had COVID twice myself.
0: Well, I'm so. glad you you recovered. <laughs> you made it. I mean, you're young. Just, you're healthy. I would and,
1: say I had it at Christmas. My whole family did. For us, it was a 36-hour cold. Right. And oh, so you uh, recovered very fast. About a day and a half is when we yeah. felt bad, and we, obviously we stayed home, you know, for the week. Right. But had your uh, chicken broth, chicken soup. Right. We didn't feel that. Bad. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you're, and I'm glad Amy time, got first, better, first, better right, too. And the yeah, first I'm, time we had it was the same way, very, very mild, which most cases I, I hear are from the, my friends that have had it. But uh, right. uh, it's certainly something affecting people. But well, absolutely. Yeah. Want to diminish it, but it's it's not going away.
0: Yeah, and my thing is, I I don't think the solution is staying locked up in your house for no. who knows when. Right. And right. It's better to uh, get out because now you have the antibodies to fight it oh, off right. too. Right. right. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Amy Norvell right. by, by the way. I know she's yeah. listening. So I'm sure. I, I'm good friends with her. Yeah. And, yeah. Next, Chad. So for your department, I know you said mm-hmm. that you didn't have many vacancies available, but right. in case there there are opportunities mm-hmm. there for anybody listening or watching the show that would be interested in a mm-hmm. career in law enforcement. Right. Uh, what are the requirements to join? Well, Just we look in general
1: right for us. Uh, we look for uh, someone that has ex- a patrol experience uh, already. Oh okay. It's uh, a okay. it's so a prior to, law enforcement experience, right? Okay. It's, it's hard to I want to hire someone that already has that you know a year or two of law enforcement somewhere else Okay, uh, I can you know poach their employee so to speak take right. someone from them yeah, uh, it's just it's hard to train for an agency my size. It's hard to get someone straight out of the police academy okay. and put them through the needed six months of field training that uh, the bigger departments do. So that's a, You know, Fort Bend, for example, the sheriff's office. You know, you'll, they'll put you through four to six months of you know field training where you're riding with somebody. And you know, the police academy is really just basic training, so to speak. And then right. when you're riding with somebody, how they really learn that's how the to, real. That's where they really learn how yeah. to do their job in the day-to-day right. events of so, you know, being an officer. So I look for uh, someone that has a year or two. Experience. Experience. But good health? Absolutely. Good health. Aptitude. Right. And I want that right individual that knows that I want them to engage with the community and get out of the car and don't ride around the neighborhood with your windows up and not wave at anybody. Get out and talk to people. um, And Courtesy and professionalism are are mandatory. There's there's no reason to talk down to people or or treat people poorly. Yes. Um, The sarcasm isn't needed. Just... Professionally do your job, and that's the kind of deputy we want. That should be the case in every field, right? It, it should be. It should be. And, but, um, Common courtesy. Officers, like, any, like, like in every field, right. you meet the ones that have developed attitudes or developed you know, some negativity, no matter if they work at the Circle K or if they're working as a law enforcement. Right. You, know, you get the negative people sometimes, and that's not what we're looking for. It's a small, you know, family-oriented type law enforcement agency, so we want, we want the right person in there.
0: And of good moral character. Yeah, oh, that pretty course. much is all Absolutely. tied together. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so you've been in law enforcement for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any other future plans, or do you plan on being in law enforcement for the long haul? Because it seems uh, like you're very yeah, passionate my, about it. Le- you
1: love what you're yeah, doing. I do, and I, I think it might be a little too late to change. But <laughs> Well, you look I, really yeah, young, Chad. Right. Like, really? Yeah, I'm 50, 52, <laughs> but I, I'm sure I'll finish out in law enforcement. Um, for you know a few more years and uh, keep serving the community and this is what i enjoy and enjoy especially now at this level being able to really get out and engage and and meet people and meet different groups uh, within within my area it's a it's a fun job Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can see it. Like Mm -hmm. every, every word that comes out of your mouth, Mm -hmm. I can see the passion Mm -hmm. and the joy that you get in doing what you do. And it's definitely an honorable career Mm -hmm. to pursue. Yeah. I've already Mm -hmm. told you, I think multiple times, thank you for your service uh, in law enforcement and and the military.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. One thing we talked about uh, also before was how important it is actually in 2022 for law enforcement agencies, as well as, other types of institutions and groups to u- utilize social media to to better their their company or their their branch. What what are your right. what are your thoughts and insights about that? Because I know that right. you had told me that you were you were actually you had a good you had a position where you were doing that for the Fort Bend County Sheriff's right. Office, correct? You right. were managing that or right. leading the team,
1: right? Both. While the, okay, while at Fort Bend Sheriff's Office, I oversaw. Um, yep. We had two great uh, public information officers that know their job is to interact with the media respond to media questions but also you know help uh, manage our social media presence and it's very important and it's amazing to me how many law enforcement agencies even today still not don't have it. a Facebook yeah. page don't have anything and you know law enforcement used to look very negatively at the media and some I think with an older attitude uh, still do I don't you know it can be helpful for us to, to utilize the media uh, to benefit us. So, if if those heads of agencies aren't, you know, engaging with the media or telling them what's right. going on and keeping them informed, then they may be spreading the wrong message out there. Right. Or how many times yeah. do you see in neighborhoods where there, the wrong message is spreading around a neighborhood, saying, you know, a robbery occurred, and turns out it was a bicycle theft. I mean, it could be anything. How things get exaggerated. So, law enforcement agencies have to be have a strong presence on. Online. On, on social media, yeah. just to help you know, manage that message. The conversations are going on with or without you. So you might as well be part of it to ensure it's the right message going out. I know I learned many years ago that if you don't tell the media what to say, then they're going to say what they want to say. Yeah. And it's, it's better, it helps them and helps me to ensure the correct message uh, is out there, the correct information is out there. And uh, what I always told my Pios at Fort Bend Sheriff's Office that, you know, if we know it, they know it. So there was no reason to keep secrets and not put something on social media. We did frequently, but we became a place where people would say they heard of something going on or heard something happened, but they didn't see it on the Fort Bend Sheriff's Office Facebook. So they so they knew it really didn't because we didn't put something about it. Oh wow! Yeah. And there was many that told us that, uh, especially times during Harvey where we, you know, were are constant, you know, putting out putting out information that people needed to see. right? Uh, and it's, it's very important to do that, to keep the community involved. People wanna know what's going on in their neighborhood. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. they wanna yeah. know what's going on around their neighborhood. And it's, it's, it's better for me and better for them when, when they do know. It's, right. I don't wanna have a, a naive resident that believes no crime occurs, so they let their guard down or they're not paying attention to what's going on. I wanna have an alert resident that is looking for something not paranoid but just being aware being careful being aware yeah. and to where if they do see that suspicious vehicle they're going to say well that doesn't look right i i maybe should call in because i i heard there's been a bunch of thefts or, or whatever the situation is so that's when residents are informed then they're a better populace and they're going to be more inclined to help us
0: Yes, agreed. so any departments or any other types of institutions yeah. that still aren't <laughs> using the social media Right. Please do it, <laughs> right? Because it will benefit you tremendously. Even this, even this radio show, it, we live right. stream mm-hmm. on social media. It's mm-hmm. super powerful because yeah. the audience is global.
1: And I, I still as a volunteer oversee the social media program for the Sheriff's Association of Texas.
0: Oh, you do that? I
1: do. Oh, and they fantastic! Rep- they, yeah, it's a you know organization of all sheriffs in Texas, and oh nice. I've spoken at their conference a couple times to where when we have all these sheriffs coming in from around the state, and just they got some old heads in there. We say that. You know, you're part of the young
0: crew, right, Chad? <laughs> right. But,
1: you know, Texas is a big state. There's many counties uh, out bet, there, and these sheriffs tell the me they don't, time, they don't town, even have paved roads. Small-town sheriffs. Sure. Right, and it's very small, but they can still, you know, take some steps to get involved and, you know, be more engaged in their community. And I tell them, look, you're elected. You know, being more popular on social media would help you in that, you know, Absolutely. As, as well. So, But there's still many out there that are reluctant or won't do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like I said, we hope that they can adapt and sure. change their ways. Because imagine a, sure. a political campaign without social media. Right. That it's unimaginable nowadays. Right. right? right. And the same should stand for institutions it, it, like law enforcement agencies. Right. Or even I mean, businesses. Yeah. Everybody right. needs to be on. I mean,
1: look how President Trump used social media amidst. Oh yeah, it was, <laughs> it was incredible. People, he leveraged did, it so people well. People didn't like it, but he did leverage it very well. He got his everyone every day was talking about whatever he tweeted.
0: Oh right, yeah. That, or that good or bad that press. But the yeah.
1: fact that it's. People were aware, and they waited for it. Yeah, he was, it was 24-7. Right. Yeah.
0: So once again, he leveraged social media pretty much the best way you could possibly do Absolutely. it, and he became the president.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Over your long decades of mm-hmm. law enforcement, what are some of the maybe one or two best moments that you had? Because you've had such an incredible long career in that field.
1: I don't know if I had the best moment. I would say, as I mentioned earlier, where I, you know, where Trevor Nels and I have traveled around teaching about child passenger safety, that was something he and I enjoyed very much that we feel like probably saved a lot of lives, saved a lot of kids um, by teaching those, you know, it's a four-day class we would teach. Right, right. And we taught uh, all over the country and the world. And You would be and, teaching right, kids? Right. No, well, we were teaching parents. Oh, or parents. We were teaching, okay. So the parents can address the We were teaching actually community people that would go out in the community and then help oh, parents. So community so, leaders. Right. Okay. And okay. – uh, depending on where we were so that's i think that's probably been our the most satisfying to where we knew that what we were doing was
0: it was making an impact
1: right making an impact and helping kids ride safely maybe preventing crashes or preventing uh, kids getting hurt in crashes Uh, you know too many times even in school zones you'll see the kid sitting in the front seat with his backpack on his face all the way up against the airbag and all it's going to take is a 12 to 14 mile per hour crash for that airbag to deploy and that kid's going to be killed and just Little things like that of educating parents, and that's when you tell them that's why your kid needs to be in the back seat. You know, it's you hear kids be in the back seat, but nobody says why. Why, right? And it's they don't realize the danger to airbag the kids, or um, the danger. Or I'll tell parents that have unrestrained kids. I so said, you're going to be in a 20, 30 mile per hour crash that your kid might go through the windshield and be killed, and you're just going to be sitting here uninjured. And uh, just that aspect of what we did, as informing and educating parents, I think was.
0: You enjoyed doing that. We and enjoyed, It was very rewarding for you.
1: It was. We enjoyed it very much. Right. Well, and, shout out to Trevor Nels. Right. <laughs> no, Trevor. He, he actually well. started it and brought it to the Houston area. Oh, Trevor um, started. Trevor did. Oh. Well, it was a national program that wasn't in this area yet. back oh, in Ninety-eight, cool. wow. and then he went and trained, got trained, and then brought it back here, and it exploded from there. So it's well, very nice. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm so happy that 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 happened. Yeah, because right. that's like that's You probably saved well, countless lives doing right. that. And people, yes. you
1: know, think that most firefighters or, or police officers. Can help them with their child safety seat, and that's not true. You know, that's very few. You know, have received that training.
0: Another question is Chad. So, when you had any difficult moments throughout your your career, mm-hmm. what kept you going? Because I'm sure you've been through yeah. many difficult times over that course of
1: there, 26 there, years. There has, plus. and I yeah. think that the, the hardest for officers is um, seeing the different tragedies they see each day. You know, yes. The, say. Uh, the murder suicides to where an individual kills his whole family and then kills himself. And and it's not only seeing the actual effect of, you know, say a dead body, but seeing what it does to the friends and family of that person, you know, around that person. know seeing how others are hurting is I think the probably one of the harder parts of law enforcement for many to where uh it's hard to, to say that you get detached from it but but you do you have um, to train your brain you really do and yeah. especially you know seeing dead kids or right. you know there's some you know life is gruesome and in life there is death so it's right some things that officers see are, are, are difficult and all respond to it differently and you have to just again uh, block it out of your, you can't block it out of your mind but you, you uh, cope rec- with it recognize it cope with it right. um off some officers need to go talk about it and then and that's good where that wasn't done many years ago in law enforcement that is done now the critical incidents and that's probably the, just the, the hardest part of law enforcement generally for anybody is you know seeing the things that officers see day in day out
0: right okay to wrap
1: up the show constable norvell
0: three tips to be successful as a police officer or constable or a law enforcement yeah. officer that's the umbrella term
1: yeah i would say maintain your courtesy maintain your pre- professionalism and uh, have the initiative to get out and engage uh, many officers will incorrectly say, well, the more tickets I write, the more likely I am to get a complaint, or the more people I interact with, the more likely I am to upset somebody. But that's not true. If, if, you, if you teach everybody, if you treat everybody professionally, no matter what the situation is, then that's not going to occur. And it helps you later, you know, getting out, and you learn from every encounter. So it's, it's important to get out there and engage and be courtesy and professional when you do it.
0: All right. Thank you so much for sharing all thank that you. today. Uh, once again, Constable Chad Norvell. Thank you thank to come. Thank you for coming to the radio station to con- conduct this interview with us mm-hmm. and to the audience. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the show. We will see you next Monday, twelve to one p.m. Have a great afternoon. Bye. Thank you.